morning. I am thankful for the goodness of the Lord and the work of His Spirit. I'm excited by what's happening in Mattawa. And uh, I, I might get... Sister Sandra, can I tell that little anecdotal thing you shared with me the other night, Thursday? Okay. Thank you. Put you on the spot there, I know. I, uh, you know, we shared, we kicked off Thursday night and shared these things about the move forward in Mattawa when we presented this opportunity to give as a means. Um, and I, I've been working on this a couple of weeks and the way it just unfolded, I know the Lord has directed our steps. I'm excited to see the building in person tomorrow night and excited to begin services there as soon as we get the green light. And I, I have no doubts that it will happen. Um, but Sister Sandra came to me after service Thursday night and she had had a dream a week or so before, two months ago, two months ago. And, uh, she had had a dream, and in her dream, her and, was it you and Alex, or you and Stephanie? All the, all them, the three musketeers. <laughs> no, um, they were back in Mattawa, and they were reaching back to their friends, because they all went to high school there. They were reaching back, or school there. They were reaching back to their friends in her dream, and they were taking them to service with them in Mattawa. I'm telling you, the Lord's doing it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, and we are so very, very close. The Lord spoke to us yesterday morning. We felt the witness of the Holy Ghost, so we were praying. When he be, we began to hear the utterance, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. There's a sound of an abundance of rain. I'm telling you, there is. There is. It's not going to just fall right here in this little building. There's a sound. I've heard it. I've seen it in prayer, but I told you I saw the hand, and I've heard it. And so I'm now simply seeking to be where the rain's falling. This is my goal. I, I simply want to be where the rain's falling, where the door opens and I'm supposed to be, and this is what you all, we all have to do. Where am I supposed to be today? Where am I supposed to be this week? Where am I supposed to be? I'm telling you, I hear the prophet saying, get up. This is a time to be engaged. This is a time to be engaged. This is a time to be plugged into what the Holy Ghost is doing. To not just be an attender, but to be a participant in the work of the kingdom of God. It's going to take all of us. Amen. Praise God charged in my spirit ah, praise God I'd like to go quickly to first Peter chapter number five I think we'll go there go ahead and get your hand there that way if I decide to we can read 1 Peter 5, just hold your hand there, don't start reading. I, you know, this, this um, I'm not sure we're going to make it there, but you can hold it anyway. Would you, pray, would you just pray with me right now? When there's an undercurrent of the Spirit and we just want to enter into it. 
Come on, talk with him. Talk with him. We're not just passing minutes here. Talk with him. Let him talk with you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 I wait on you, Father. I wait on you, Father. Praise God. Go ahead and go to the Old Testament. Go to 1 Kings instead of 1 Peter. I was so thankful the other night. I try to be thankful all the time, but I sometimes I'm not. I want to be, don't you? I was thankful the other night. I heard a, uh, I heard a minister make a statement. I would share his name. You would know his, many, many of you would know his name. Um. And he is a he's a sought after minister in in the world. Matter of fact, he was ministering uh, he was ministering over in Asia. Uh, a clip that I had heard, and he was ministering in a conference there. There was a gathering together from different places, not just a single church. And he made this statement. He, he said he had five different messages. <laughs> and he said, I'm not even sure. He said, you know, I had somebody reach out to me before, a couple of weeks before the conference, and said, hey, you know, if you would like to send us your scriptures and any notes and stuff. He said, man... I don't even know two minutes before I'm preaching. Lots of times what I'm going to be preaching. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful he said that. I really, really was. You understand, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that there isn't a seeking of the Lord for direction for our service and our gathering together. I hope you know that. And I hope my transparency sometimes doesn't come across like, man, does he even get ready for a service? He gets up there and doesn't know what he's doing. He just sort of says, I don't know where I'm going. And I, I really don't want to just put together good messages. I want to hear from the Lord. It's late. We have work to do. We're called of God. We're not just marking time. We're not just trying to have a good life and say we lived well and we were blessed and life was comfortable. No. We are the body of Jesus Christ in the earth. And as sure as he ascended out of here, we are going to ascend out of here. And so we got to do the work of him that sent us while it's day. Because the night is coming when no man can work. And so I feel the Holy Ghost trying to arrest our attention and get us to put things in proper place. So our priorities are aligned with his priority. There will be things that will pull on us. 
That is called life. Will pull on us. We understand that. I've had conversations with some of you just in this in the last week. Things will pull on us. That's life. I know there's things we have to tend to. I get that. I understand that. I, I still have a job outside of I understand. We but I hear Brother Tenney in the back of my mind. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So simple, but so true. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Don't let something else become a priority in your life. It's not a time to get distracted. It's a time to be engaged. Did I say 1 Kings? Oh, good. Chapter 18. We've been talking about it and tiptoeing around that we might as well just read it. Amen. Now, we're not going to read the whole chapter. I'd love to, but it's 46 verses. You read it this afternoon or this evening. It'll bless you, and you'll get greater context. I'll just give you context. It'll save us reading 40 verses. Elijah, it hasn't rained for three and a half years. There's drought. Famine, three and a half years. And the reason it hasn't rained is because Elijah prayed that it would not rain. He spoke the word of God and God said, okay. And for three and a half years, it didn't rain on the earth. It's in your Bible. You think your prayer doesn't matter. I'm telling you, your prayer can affect the world. The world. The world. When you believe in prayer, you pray. If you don't pray, it's not because you don't have time. If you don't pray, it's not because you're tired. If you don't pray, it's because you just don't believe in the power of prayer. When you believe in the power of prayer, you pray. I mean, when you understand, you come to the realization that you and I have an audience with God. The living God who holds all within his hand. We have audience with him. I promise you, there's nothing that says, well, you know what, I'd rather do this than spend time talking to God. Prayer becomes a priority in your life. Not just because, oh, no, I'm supposed to. No, you move way past I'm supposed to. That may be why you start, but you move past it. You enter into this relationship where you're like, Man, I talk with God, and God talks with me, and God will wake me to spend time with Him. What a privilege. And I can be with Him, and He can be with me, and I can read His Word, and the author speaks to me about the very things that He breathed into the men of old, and He speaks with me, and this is the power of prayer. And I can get in a place in relationship with Him where I'm alone with Him, and as I'm waiting and He's talking to me, God, the Creator of all that is, He that's from everlasting to everlasting, God would allow me to be a mouthpiece for His Word. And he would allow you and I to be a vessel through which he speaks. And he would then take our voice that comes by the breath of God and speak through us. And he would speak things that are not as though they were and they would become because that's what God can do. And so he would use you and I to affect the world if we'll pray. 
I'm telling you, there is untapped power in prayer. And the reason it's untapped is because you don't pray. Elijah prayed that it would not rain. It wasn't his idea. It was God's idea. And so he prayed what God gave him to pray. And God said, okay. In Isaiah we read, I sought for a man to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. And I found none. What was the Lord looking for? He was looking. He didn't say, I'm, I, I sought for a group of people. He said, I sought for a man. I just sought for one person that would pray what I wanted to be prayed, but I couldn't find one. I'm telling you, if we will seek to be yielded to the Spirit of God in prayer, we will change our world. I do not pray simply for an exercise in disciplines. We pray to commune with God and we want to go to a place in Him to where we are in tune and we hear His voice and we're now speaking the things He wants to speak. Elder Flowers started briefly. He just quoted one verse yesterday. But, right, if you, Jesus said, if you abide in me, John 15, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, then you'll ask what you will and it shall be given. What does that mean? Oh, I can, I can, then I can just ask anything I want? No, I'm abiding in him. He's abiding in me. See, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he's abiding in you. But the idea is not only is he abiding in me, now I'm seeking to abide in him. That's the second part of the equation. That requires something on my part. I believe that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said, I'm striving, I'm reaching. He said, I'm apprehended of something. Now I'm trying to lay hold on that which has laid hold of me. I'm trying to, he uses the word apprehend. He said, I'm trying to apprehend that which I've already been apprehended by. I think he said, hey, he's in me. I'm trying to make sure I stay in him. But when we do that, he gives us words and we pray the word of God. We speak it into the earth and it happens. And John said, we know that if we ask anything according to his will, we have that which we ask. So Elijah prayed. Elijah didn't pray his will. He prayed the will of God. He prayed the will of God. And God did it. If you and I will seek to find the mind of God in a consistent place of prayer and communion with God, we will pray the will of God. That's really what it means to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. You and I are praying the will of God from heaven into the earth. Well, the first thing you got to do is get alone with God and find out what his will is. And then when you know his will, then you pray his will into the earth. It's already done in heaven. You're not praying for him to do something he hasn't already done. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That's the beauty of the, the instruction of the, the Lord there in Matthew chapter 6. You're not praying for him to do something he hasn't done yet. His will is already done in heaven. Your lost loved one is already delivered. 
It's done in heaven. You just got to pray it into the earth. You got to pray the will of God from heaven into the earth. And you got to get a conviction that says, I'm not praying of my own will. Yes, I may have some desires here. Yes, there may be some things I want. But God, your word says, and so I know this is your will. And so I'm praying your will. I'm praying it from heaven into the earth. I'm not praying for selfish intent. I'm not praying for my own. I, I want your will to be done in the earth. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. It was the will of God. He prayed it into the earth. You say, man, I wish I could be like Elijah and have so much power that I pray and it didn't rain for three years. You do. If you get along with God and pray his will. And pray his will. You've heard me tell the story about the Lord giving me the words one time to pray for the woman whose liver had shut down and God gave her a brand new liver. The Lord simply gave me those words, ask me to give her a new liver. And I said, okay, Lord, give her a new liver in Jesus' name. And he said, it's done. It was about that deep and God did it. I didn't do it. What happened? I simply spoke the word of God and it was done. We want to go, man, that guy is something else. No. We simply get into a posture, and God is something else. God is amazing. and This is the power in prayer. We must learn to be people of prayer. And I'm telling you, I have to at times pull myself back because I, I'll be consistent in prayer, but you can get in a routine if you're not careful. If you have this audience with God, why would you not take time every day to spend with him? Unless it's not a priority. Unless it's not a priority. But when you believe and you know, I can affect the world, you'll pray. You'll pray. I bet you Sister Sandra doesn't have to be prodded to pray for the people of Mattawa. Is that a fair statement? I'd say, and I don't think she's the only one. I just What happened? There's something we believe when the Lord quickens something in our spirit. And I believe, okay, this was not birthed with me. This is not, you know, I didn't eat pizza last night, and so I got these strange thoughts going on in my mind. No, no, I know God has dealt with me about this situation. I know God has given me a word in the matter. I know God has, I, I don't understand it all. And that's where we get in trouble sometimes. We think we got to understand it all. Stop trying to understand it all. Just pray in faith with what he gives you. Pray in faith with what he gives you. Well, I don't know how. Neither do I. But I have faith that he can and will because he gave me the direction. We're praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You're going to get tired of me saying that. Some of you may already be. Ephesians 1 and 17. I'm going to keep praying that because I'm having these interactions with Trinitarian pastors. And I know God is going to do work to bring fullness and greater fullness of revelation and understanding. And God has brought us together. And we're working together. And there's conversations taking place. There's a flow of ministry taking place between us. And there's things that I'm learning from them and I believe they're learning from, and God's going to do a work. 
And so I'm praying. What am I doing? I'm praying the will from heaven into earth. I'm praying revelation. I spent time yesterday and today. We prayed in the prayer room as a group together this morning again. I spent time praying. Don't, don't take this the wrong way. I don't think you will. You understand this. I spent time yesterday, today, praying. And this morning, my prayer wasn't about this service. That'd make you nervous. I was praying for those other congregations in the city. I want to see his kingdom come. I want to see his kingdom come. I'm not trying to build something here that we can put our name on and become famous or whatever. I'm not interested. I want to see his kingdom come. I want to see his kingdom come. I want to see his will done in the earth. I'm not willing. I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. I want to see his kingdom come. And I know and believe he is the answer for our city. He is the answer for our valleys. He's the answer for our world. I believe this word with all of my heart. If they do not repent and be buried in his name and be filled with the Holy Ghost, they can be lost for all of eternity. I must preach the word of God and I must pray his will into the earth. I need to be kingdom minded. Need to be kingdom minded. Man, we got to read here. Where are we at? First Kings 8. We haven't even started yet. I was supposed to tell you what the first 40 verses. If I'd have just read the first 40, first 40 verses, it would have been quicker, wouldn't it? So Elijah had prayed it wouldn't rain. But now he shows up. A man named Obadiah sees him and he says, go tell King Ahab. I want to talk to him. And Obadiah so fears the man of God. Obadiah says, ha, 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 not a chance, because I know what happened. I'll go tell him, and then you'll disappear again, and he won't be able to find you, and he'll kill me. Read it. It's in there. And Elijah says, I won't do it. Go tell him. So Obadiah went and tells Ahab, and they meet. They meet on the top of Mount Carmel, ultimately, when we get to 1 Kings chapter 18. They meet on the top of Mount Carmel. And they're at the top of Mount Carmel. They decide what has been decided at this point is that the prophets of Baal and Elijah, the prophet of God, will pray. And they will see which God answers by fire. And whichever God answers by fire, let him be God. And they say, Amen. And so, so it goes as you read through these 40 verses. And the prophets of Baal start first, and there's about 400 of them. And they make an altar and a sacrifice, and they walk around chanting and carrying on and doing their stuff all day long. And there is no response, of course, because Baal is not a God that has that power. And so Elijah finally starts having a little fun. He starts mocking them. Now, I know some, some people are so spiritual, they think a man of God would never do that. But Elijah... He wasn't just mocking them to be cruel and unkind. That wasn't his intent. He was showing to the people of Israel that was there watching. He was trying to draw them. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's on vacation. And ultimately, the prophets of Baal get so intense, they start cutting themselves. So you think this idea of people cutting themselves is something new. No, it's spiritually motivated by the God of this world. It is the desire of someone to get a response 
from a God that does not have the power to respond to their cry. But we know the one that does. And so we must pray. And so they do this all day long. And it's about the time of the evening sacrifice, the Bible tells us. Elijah has an altar built with 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. He digs a trench around the base of it. He cuts the bullock and puts them in order up on the top of the, the wood that's on top of the altar. Then he has them get 12 buckets of water and pour it over the sacrifice and the wood and the altar, and it fills the trench round about. I've often wondered about that. You know, it hadn't rained for three and a half years. Water was so precious. He had some faith it was going to rain, didn't he? Hmm. Some people won't sacrifice because of fear of what they don't have. And so they hold on to the little bit they have. When if they would just release what they have, there's an abundance of rain. Elijah had faith. Twelve buckets of water. Oh, this is so everybody can have something to drink after a long... No, no, I want you to pour it all on the sacrifice. Why? Because by the time God's done, what I was holding on to that was so little, it seemed like a lot to me in the moment, but I have faith for an abundance of rain. And because I have faith for an abundance, that which seems great to me right now, I realize will become small when God is done. And so therefore, Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody right now. Therefore, the very thing that I'm holding on to so tightly because it seems like the last of what I have. I believe the moment it's released. Hmm, pray with me right now. Would you do that? You are our source. You own it all. You are our source. You own it all. I trust in you, Jesus. 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 We were in a just, just hold that altar right there. It's all wet and there's water around it. Just hold it right there. We were, it was some years ago, probably 24 years ago, give or take. Those of you that have kids, you understand, you sort of remember things about when, based on when your kids were born and where they were and stages of life. You're like, oh, it's when they were this and that was there. And, and so it was right around the time Ethan came into the world can't remember if it was right before or right after, but it was right in the middle of all that. So the Lord knew we needed joy in that season, in that space, so he gave us Ethan. And so thank God for that. Not that we didn't get joy from the other two. We just need him. 
We just needed more joy. So now we got a house full of joy. Threefold cords not easily broken. Amen. And so, and I needed somebody on the other side of my girl to take care of both ways, you know. So anyway, um, but we were in a service. Uh, we had had a, uh, a few days of prayer and fasting and ministry there. Man, it's just coming back to me right now. Um, and there was, there was some Russian speaking in these services that were there from Kazakhstan, from Russia, that were there in these services with us. And uh, it was very, very precious, beautiful. I remember some things there the move of God, the ministry of the Spirit of God in those services. And uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this now and all of a sudden drawing on different things during those services, but I'm also drawing back to the fact that this, these relationships, some of these relationships have been rekindled in the last 45 days. Um. A month ago, I had went over to Puyallup for a prayer meeting with different ones around, and there was a pastor, Brother Rukowski, that we hadn't seen in some 20 years. He's from Kazakhstan, and he was at that meeting. And when he saw me, in his own way, he said, Brother Hart, he has this, this accent, Brother Hart, and he told me a big grin and hugged me, 60-something, maybe 70 now, just so precious. And then I got to see him last weekend as well, and he introduced me to another man named Anatoly, who is a pastor Anatoly pastors what is called the One God Slavic Church. Bishop ministered there last Sunday. And he said their music and worship was very like a symphony. He said it was beautiful. He said it was quite interesting. And a very, very reserved group. But anyway, I'm thinking about all this right now. And here we are 20-something years later. But I'm, I'm talking about holding on to something. And so we're in this service, and the Lord has ministered. It's been, we've been there a few days now. And uh, this happens to be in a season when my wife and I are thankful for food when it comes. We're, we're living from faith to faith. I know that sounds really grand, but <laughs> that's really how we were living from faith to faith. Faith for the next meal, faith for the next bill, faith for the next. That's how we were living. We were being good stewards with what we had. We just didn't have. And so we were living from faith to faith. And it was in this service, one of the ministers, it might have, I don't think it was Brother Rukowski. I can't remember the name of the man that did it. He was actually getting ready to go back. The Lord had dealt with him. They had been living here, and they were making a great sacrifice to return rather than stay here with the life they had built in the United States. And so he was talking, and they began to talk about uh, receiving an offering for this man and for the work there to send back to support and help. <coughs> Excuse me. And so in this conversation, as it's happening, I'm sitting there. I could take you to the spot where my wife and I were sitting there in the Puyallup Sanctuary. If you know where the thermostat's on the wall, on that one wall, we were sitting one pew right in front of that thermostat there. There used to be pews in that building. And uh, we were sitting there, and they're doing this, and I have this sinking going on because I don't have nothing. But the reality is, some of you heard this story, what we did, we lived, if I made money, we'd pay tithe and offering that we'd committed, 
and then we'd pay any bill that was due. And then if there was money left, we'd buy food. If not, I told my wife, the word says, take no thought what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink or what we're going to put on. The Lord knows what we have need of before we ask. And so we lived, no exaggeration, my wife can tell you, we lived that way almost four years. And lots of time there wasn't money for food. But we ate. And so you may not think so, but we did. We ate. Fasted maybe more than we usually did, but we ate. And so, uh, so it, was, it was in that season right there. And so this is happening. The service is taking place. And, it, and I had had a good week before. And I thought, I have some money. This is when you still carried a checkbook. I was like, we have some money. We could give something. You know, we don't have much. Part of me wanted to hold on to it because I knew bills would be coming next week, but we had made the commitment that we would pay what bills were due. And then the next week, we'd live that week in faith. So we had it sat there waiting. Anyway, so the man makes this statement. He says, uh, I want you to think about what you want to give. And so I thought, you know what? I looked at my wife. I said, I think maybe we can give $50. She says, okay. My wife's always agreeable that way. Like, whatever you think, okay. I appreciate that very, very much. It's a gift to her and to me. And so, um, then he makes this statement. He says, now before you give, we, I want you to pray. And we stopped. We took people, knelt down. He said, I want you to pray about what God would have you to do in this situation, how he would involve you. And so we knelt down there. We prayed. I had $50 in my mind. And I, I'm, you got to understand, at this point, this $50 was a sacrifice to me. I, I'll give you the math. $50 was just over one-sixth of all we had. We had just over $300. And so $50 was a chunk of that. I didn't have savings. I didn't I told you how we were living. And so we're praying, and the Lord speaks to me and says, you don't need to give $50. I was like, I mean, I knew I'd heard from him. I knew that. I, I, it wasn't like, oh, man, I hope he just tells me nothing. It, it, He's like, you don't need to give the $50. I, and I felt the peace of God come over me like, okay, there's no, you don't need to do it. And I was so thankful. I really, he knew my heart, but he also knew my emotions. And I was so thankful. And the Lord said, but I do want you to give. I, I heard him talking to me. And I said, okay, Lord, how much? I, you know, I'm having it in prayer. We're talking about this. We're like, okay, Lord, how much? He said, how much do you have? I know how much I had. $318.76. And so I said, Lord, this is how much I have. And he said, that would do. understand I'm not boasting today. Please don't misunderstand me. And as sure as I knew he told me not to give the 50, I knew he was telling me to give what I had. 
And I remember saying, Lord, are you serious? He said, yeah, that'd do. That'd do. I told my wife. <laughs> she said, okay. She'd been living this way for a while now. I mean, <laughs> you know. You know, once you let go of some things, it becomes a lot easier to just let go. Because it's all his anyway. We weren't trying to be foolish. We weren't trying to impress anybody. We weren't trying to bribe God. I'd have much rather he told me not to give anything at that point. But he was proving something in me. He was proving something in me. Where is your faith? Where's your faith? Dump 12 buckets of water. Um, Come on, do you realize how precious this commodity is? I know it's precious, but I hear the sound. You, You don't understand. Every bucket is of value to a household. What are you doing? You don't understand, I hear. The same God that led me to pray for it not to rain... He can speak the word and it will rain. Just because it hasn't rained doesn't mean I've lost faith in his ability. Somebody hear me this morning. Just because it hasn't rained in your situation, just because what you've needed has not yet come, does not mean his ability has wavered. It does not mean he's forgotten where you are. It doesn't mean he's not able to do what is needful. It simply means where's your faith? Pray again. Pray again, but I don't see anything. Pray again. Pray until you see it in prayer. Well, but I don't see anything. Stop looking at the circumstances. Pray till you see it in prayer. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. You get to a place of prayer and you see it there. You you stop worrying about what the circumstances look like. You stop worrying about what everybody else sees. You stop worrying about what the natural world says because you've seen something in a place of prayer. I'll tell you what's happened because I know I've experienced it through my life. You see in the heavenlies, you see that which you're going to pray into the earth. And once you see it, nothing can make you unsee it. And you come to understand, I don't care what circumstances look like I don't care what it seems like on the left hand or on the right I know what I saw in a place of prayer and I will continue here until I see the will of God from heaven coming into the earth I'm telling you I've seen entire congregations in Yakima converted to the fullness of the Christ I've seen pastors saying would you help us we're baptizing our whole congregation I've seen the Holy Ghost being poured out in buildings across these valleys I haven't seen it in the natural yet but I'm going to see it with my own eyes because I've seen it in the heavenlies He has made us to sit with him in heavenly places. And I'm going to pray until I see it in the natural. 
I'm not trying to convince God. You understand? I'm simply praying until I press beyond that where the adversary is restricting, that where the adversary is resisting. But I know greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And I'm going to pray until I see it. And I hear, as we heard yesterday, the sound. I hear the sound of it. I hear the sound of it. I hear the whispers of it on the left and on the right. It's simply indicating to me the heavens are getting ready to open. The heavens are getting ready to open. There is a sound. Why would I try to hold on to what I have when I can release it in faith knowing there's a far greater outpouring coming than what I'm holding on to? Come on, talk to him right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 Yeah, it would have been faster to read 40 verses. Sorry. God is faithful. He's faithful. What the Spirit of the Lord is doing is he's trying to move us off of our self-focus into a kingdom focus. Is he telling you your situation doesn't matter? Of course not. It's not what he's saying at all. He's aware of your situation. He knows your needs, Sister Marisol. He knows. He knows. He knows the cry of your heart. He knows. He's just admonishing us. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. And when we seek first the kingdom, all of a sudden all the other things aren't as important as they used to be. And we start realizing what I want is different than what I thought I wanted. And what I need is different than what I thought I needed. And he knows what I need before I ask him. And he will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. I seek the kingdom. I seek the kingdom. I seek the kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in Yakima. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in Madawa. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in these valleys. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in my home and in my family. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. 
Let your kingdom come in my heart. Let your will be done in my life. Let your kingdom come in my thinking. Let your will be done in my thoughts. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Talk to him. Talk to him as he would lead you right now. Talk to him. This altar's open to you. In the name of Jesus, your kingdom come. I release it to you, Lord. That which I'm holding to, I release it to you. Come on, for some of you, I'm going to trust you to understand this in the Spirit. You need to release your family to the Lord. Just release them. Just release them. Lord, I release them to you in faith. You love them more than I do. I release them in faith. Your kingdom.